I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by my old buddy, who I've seen a lot, my old pal over in Lambo. It's Ryan Peacock NFL. What's going on, buddy? No, not doing a podcast today. Yeah, it's hard to get into the swing, right? Yeah, sulking, not doing it. It's tough. So, yeah. And now, now we got to rehash it and talk about it again. I don't know whether that's going to perk me up or whether that's going to piss me off. I don't know. What a trip, though, eh? Oh, mate. That's kind of why it's like, oh, God, we're back. But to be fair, we did just have the best four and a half slash five days ever Yeah. in Green Bay. I mean, we couldn't have seen more players. We couldn't have fit in more action. We got mm. two wins out of two. Yeah. You finally saw the Packers win. Finally saw you in Green Bay. Yes, and that. Which, let's face it, is one of the biggest draws to going on the trip. Yeah, you and your beard. Because we got an awful lot of... Because we knew the rules were, and I agreed to this, is that if I went over and we lost, I was banned. You know, and I had to say, look, I love my Packers too much. I'm not going to do it. If you love something, set it free. So I knew that if that was the case, I wasn't going. And one of the biggest comments that we got after the game was, delighted for Steedy the NFL. He's going to be able to go now. So, Ryan, I'm happy. Uh, so went to the Badgers game, got the W, which was expected, which would have been a massive shock, which definitely would have been an indicator that I'm a pain in the, pain in the arse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should have been more, but... yeah. Well, I was, you know, maybe maybe they, they won it in spite of me. I don't know. But we played fairly well about the Seahawks. But come here. The best way to probably rehash the trip is to is to go from the very start. Thursday. Yeah. How were you feeling? How were you feeling going over again? Especially for the season opener, Seahawks. Well, Amazing. yeah. So the best thing was, it probably actually started Wednesday. Uh, met a mm. lot of the guys for the first time down in London right. as we stayed in hotels before we fly because obviously you know we're big time in UK and Irish Packers. Oh yeah. So you know if we, if we can add another hotel stay on, we'll do it because that's what we do. Um, <laughs> because you got a free with Steve Hale, but let's just brush over that one. Yeah, yeah. Steve <laughs> Steve Hale did me a solid and uh, sorted it, me yeah. out for the night, so I didn't have to get up at two in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we made our way down to. Um, made our way down to the airport i was promised that, that don't worry the bus doesn't cost a thing and and they were right we got on a london bus and he didn't charge us i still don't know how that works because um, it's, it's probably probably not even the main part of the story to be honest um so yeah we did that we had a we had a beer with our breakfast obviously because why not mm-hmm. and uh we got on an airplane and i think most guys continued to drink all the way to chicago yeah it was what, what it was mostly about i mentioned drinking in one of the videos that we'll talk about a little later and Joan turned around and said, like, or it was my dad, one of them, turned around and said, you have to talk about the drink. And I'm like, look, Wisconsin has to like the drink. It's fine. We can talk about it. We can lay it bare. But what I want to ask you is, so you went down on the Thursday night and the Friday morning. Uh, how many people were there did you look at and see that there were newbies? And was there a look of apprehension in their in their face, a, a sort of a expectancy in their face to go, I don't know what to expect with these fellas? And when did you see that leave their eyes and they settled in to go, okay, these guys aren't complete freaks. This is going to be a good trip. I don't know if I ever analysed that much, if I'm honest. I, I made my mind up about a lot of them as soon as I walked in with my bag and somebody said, do you want a beer? And I thought, these guys are good guys. <laughs> right. So, yeah, there was, I mean, Steve was there, Charlotte was there that had all been before. Um, Phil had been before, but not to see a game. Um, and I think all the other guys there that evening were new guys. And I met a, a great character called Chris as well. And uh, Chris spent the evening with us. Uh, he flew down from Manchester to Heathrow, so another guy that does it in style. And he wasn't at the airport the next morning. Really? Yep. He had a, He decided to 
uh, I think he said he set an alarm, didn't put the charger in properly, and it died. So he didn't wake up in time, and he missed his plane to Chicago. But luckily, the good folks at United, contrary to all the dragging a Chinese guy off the plane videos, um, they moved his flight to the next flight, and he joined us just a few hours later. But that was nearly a nearly a disaster right at the start. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was a nice guy, uh, Manchester fan. And actually, when we met the Von House, the Von House called him up by name because he was a United fan and wanted some video for one of his mates. It was an inside joke. Uh, that I wasn't privy to with the Vaughn, which upsets me, but that's fine. So, yeah, that was cool. So, a good few new guys then. And that, that's exactly what we like to see because we Charlotte did it the very first year, right? Cause usually people kind of ease in and they go to an event in London, which is where we've had them till now. Uh, we have meets coming up in Manchester, which is our biggest event to date. We've sold over 60 tickets already and it's not even there yet. Um, and, 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 and I had it on good authority that at least another three tickets were sold today. There you go. So, and then us, so that's 65 plus. Um, and there's more people that are going to be in the venue too, so yeah, we're smashing that. Uh, the Dublin meetup is coming up, and we have our Super Bowl meetup, which we you just signed a contract on today, right? And you sent back in. Um, so yes. you're, you're smashing that, so we have that and announcement. And guess what? Guess what? Go on. Go have on. you ever done any DJing before? Uh, no, I can't really say I can't. I'll put in a CD, which maybe, is that modern DJing? Put I think that CDs? is, yeah. I think yeah. you just play a list on iTunes. But... We've actually got some real DJ equipment. Nice. So, will you be my fellow DJ? <laughs> Is that that sounds like a song lyric to me? Is it? That's Kevin and Perry. Oh. No, too young for that. All right. Uh, no, probably not too young. Just too Irish. Uh, so, yeah, Charlotte did it the first year where she went on the meetup over the Green Bay for the first time, which is uh, pretty risky. Now we're finding that uh, some people are doing the same this year, right? Mm-hmm. So the first time that they met us was they came over to Green Bay and now they're snapping up the tickets for the local events, which is great. So Thursday, you fly over and Brian, when you landed in the airport in Chicago, that was all fine, I guess. You got on the well, plane. Then, oh. you say it's all fine. Oh, go on. So, Obviously, as you do, you wear all your Green Bay stuff over. Standard. And you walk through Chicago Airport, and it attracts a little bit of attention, mainly because Chicago, I don't know if you know this, but there's a bit of a rivalry between the teams. Go away. Go away. I know. I, know, I couldn't believe it either. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it turns out a lot of these security staff on the customs barrier bit thought they'd have a bit of a joke with us, and we kind of got moved into queues, and then the queues stopped sort of moving so quickly. Um uh, we had one guard who was coughing on us repeatedly. And uh, then there was another guy that was banging on, sat in Chicago, banging on about how much he hated Green Bay, to only then turn out he was a New England Patriots fan. Oh. Worked that one out. But we did all eventually get through. Um, even even when we got on the train, you know, there's like a little train. I think if you've been to Gatwick, you've probably been on a little train around the terminals. Mm. They have one at Chicago that goes between all the terminals. And when we went to get on, uh, me and Mick were reliably informed by one of the Chicago-based security guys, that Terminal 2 had been shut down and all flights for Green Bay were being grounded. Um, so, yeah. Was he taking the piss? Oh, he was, yeah. yeah. Oh. Which uh, his mate leant over, who wasn't a Bears fan again, and said, just take this train off to 2. And then we didn't have to trust him or not if it was like a sort of double yeah. bluff. But we got there in the end, and I think we did all get on our way to Green Bay. Happy days, 45-minute flight. Uh, do the whole tilty tilt over the stadium, I guess. I lied. So I told everyone to sit on the left, right? Oh, God. Guess what? It took a different flight path into Green Bay. We didn't go around the stadium, and the flight only took half an hour. Uh, And we didn't really see the stadium at all. It was over on the right, and you could see it, but we didn't go around it. So moral of the story, the pilot was a Bears fan as well, then. 
Yeah, possibly. Yeah, he's probably the guy who told you there was no flight going. <laughs> uh, was he wearing a pilot uniform? So you just land anyway. So right, that sounds a bit grisly, but I kind of know little bits about because I flew in on the Friday. I kind of know little bits about your Thursday trip because I saw you on the news. Decent. Yeah, pretty pretty much of a surprise. So we got over there. The directors of the airport they come out first. They give everybody some free gifts and Green Bay bag tags and some other bits and bobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said hello and welcome just to Green Bay. Right. And then we couldn't get another 30 foot before we were hit with two news crews, one from uh, Fox News and uh, another from uh, the Green Bay Press Gazette, mm. who is obviously a gazette. And uh, they were also also doing uh, had a camera there as well. So uh, there was there was plenty going on. And lots of guys interviewed before, after I think a nine-hour flight and a very early start and a late night before, but they did very well on their interviews. Even Callum, Callum, even Callum nailed his interview. Just put it out there. Nailed it because I saw the article put up and and Callum quoted it. I think he was delighted with himself that he got his face in front of the camera. He's a total camera whore, and one of his friends quoted a piece and I I read it and it didn't make sense. And then I realised, yeah, that's that's actually what he said. We have a funny story about that later, uh, which we'll have to get to, (laughs) um, which is both hilarious and slightly and mildly infuriating. Um, So you you just had your interview and all the rest. I'm guessing you just headed back to the hotel and had a few babies. Yeah, uh, straight up to the hotel. Um, the the plan was from the guys that were there. I think there was about, oh, I'm going to guess about 13, 14 of us on that first day mm. that all arrived in together. And the plan was, right, guys, half hour, everybody up to the room, dump the bags, quit wash, shower in a can, a uh, different shirt on, get back downstairs, we're going into town. And it was off to 1919 where a lot of guys not only saw the stadium for the first time, um, but they also tasted cheese curds and drank a spotted cow for the first time. So that was a pretty cool moment. Um, I always say about the first time I saw it and how sort of awe-inspiring and how it was strange almost being in all those photos and pictures and videos and, and games that you'd seen to suddenly be in that position and see it. Mm. Uh, but actually I felt, again, felt exactly that same way. And actually you feel just like that every time you walk up to that stadium. But it was nice for the guys that had been there for the first time. Um, just delighted for them to be able to get out there and, and share in it. Yeah, so like you go to 1919, you go to pick up your cheese curds because apparently that's one of the best places to get them, if not the best place. I still think Lombardi's in the casino at the hotel is is the best cheese curds. Which is weird because like the the casino Oneida, which is next to the Radisson, is just full of lonely old people. It smells like piss and biscuits. So you're going in there and you're getting your cheese curds for the best time. 1919 (laughs) sounds like it's it's a sexier place to go. So you go into 1919, you don't expect that much to be going on. There's certainly no piss and biscuit action in there. And you see a sign up, right? Blake and Drake. And you're thinking this is a new cool Nickelodeon show. Can't wait for this to come on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so we're in there. Uh, I don't really know what the plan was. I think the plan was to go hit the pro shop. Some guys had already sort of been in and out, um, spent a couple of grand in the first sort of six minutes <laughs> yeah, right. of being in the shop. So um, yeah, and then I think the plan was to go to a few other shops and just sort of mull about for the first day while we're all trying to fight the jet lag and stay awake. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, somebody says that Jake Martinez and... No, Jake, I've got that wrong. Jake Martinez that the other and Blake Ryan. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. So just before Scott, <laughs> Scotty gets on the old messenger and lets me know of another Callis Dowboys type cocker. Yeah, they actually uh, are Dallas. Yeah. They're Callis Dowboy players. So if you want to switch back to the Packer players now and say, we're going to build up a full team by again, you make the balls of these <laughs> names, you know. It's fine. Yeah. It's so, fine. so look, 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 look. Jake Ryan yep. and Blake Martinez uh, in there and they're on a show um, and they're kind of interviewing each other and they're all having a bit of a giggle. And not only that, you, it was kind of a private thing. So you had to have been invited, although it's strange because it was in a public bar. 
So we kind of just sat on the edge of where the people have been invited. Mm. Um, obviously, you can imagine, like I said, there's 14 odd of us and we're sort of getting involved. Um, then we find out there's a raffle on and they're calling up numbers in the numbers in the commercial break. Um, and those people are then able to go up, get a picture, get something signed. Mm. So this was only for people that had been invited. So a couple of our guys were a bit cheeky, went and asked for tickets. They got them. Uh, and not only that, at the end of it, a few guys got selected. I think um, Jill was one of them. I think uh, Dan Barnes got selected to actually go up and get stuff done. But at the end of it, basically what we did was we all just rushed to the stage and stood around it so they couldn't get away. And we made them sign stuff. And then, uh, if I remember, Blake Martinez actually did manage to escape me. And so me and Phil chased him around the restaurant until we got him to sign our stuff. Jeez, oh, you think he'd be used to uh, you know getting rid of scrimmages and all that type of gear? Protective can't get through me and Phil no he was a big lad uh, in fairness so and then there's that whole story where when asking questions uh, Scotty took the mic and in fact I say take the mic he quite literally took the mic because then he took the mic off the host because his one was giving feedback and he said screw it I'm going to take yours Uh, he took over he did well didn't he Scotty even managed to take the piss out of uh, Jake Ryan from I saw the video um, so I'll just recount because Ryan you're waxing lyrical there and I, I know people love your voice but let me break it up for them wasn't it a case that yeah, he turned around and said, oh yeah, over here, if it's a Sunday night game, we start watching at 1am, sometimes it's not over till about four, half four. He said, and we still haven't seen Jake Ryan get a sack. And at that stage, you can hear the whole room gasp initially, and then everyone pissed themselves laughing, and even Blake Martinez was sort of, you know, uh, joshing a bit with uh, Jake Ryan, sort of say, yeah, Jesus, I think, this guy's taking a piss, idiot. Yeah, I think Blake even gave him a little sort of arm nudge, as right. if to say, you just got burned by a, a guy that sounds Welsh but insists he's English in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit strange. Scotty was a character. Uh, all the lads were characters. Tom Coles as well, which we'll get on to a bit later. We're not going to spill Tom you know. Coles, I think, officially died three times on the trip. <laughs> I think he did, yeah. Um, and Callum died day one. Um, I think <laughs> died day one, wasn't right after that. He, I don't know, because when I met him, he just seemed a bit scrambled or something. You know, like there was something, he, he was impaired in some way. He only actually managed to string a sentence together later on in the trip. Uh, so that was fun because, you know, we have this group before we go over, and Callum was talking big. Like, he was talking a big game. And we've seen Tom Coles operate. The guy's a unit, right? Bit like a brick shit house can handle his beer. This guy drinks beer by the pitcher, not by the pint. So, and Scotty Mann seemed like he could handle it, which he could, right? Scotty, absolute character. So, the two boys destroyed Callum. And by the end of the trip, he just wasn't right. Tom Coles, the guy's a legend. But we won't get into the grisly details and we won't show any pictures. Uh, but the guy, let's say, can handle his beer. Um, he sleeps in unconventional places. But uh, one thing I just want to say, because we know his missus listens, Tom Coles is not in any way at all interested when he gets pissed or gets Larry in other women. It's brilliant. He just, he's one of the lads, true and true, has the banter. Uh, he's just, the chap is absolutely hilarious and unbelievable. So all of these stories, which we're not actually going to say, there's nothing scandalous really in them. He's just, the guy can handle his beer. He's ridiculous. Professional by day, we've, we've said that, handles his biz. But at night time, he comes alive and there is nobody on this planet, no Irishman alive that could keep up with Tom Coles. The guy is an absolute hero. Um, so that was that was the the Thursday night and Friday. Yeah. Friday then, they just go autograph hunting during the day because he's got up to a lot. Friday, I don't really remember Friday much. Um, oh, we went out on the trolley tour, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. So if you're going out to Green Bay, uh, the trolley tour thing was something we did extra to the, the trip. It was uh, $20 odd to go out on the trolley tour. And if anybody's going out there, get in touch with us. We will pass on the details because Sue, the knowledge that she has, the bus that you travel on is fantastic. Um, 
And it really is just a great trip that teaches you so much more uh, about the Green Bay Packers than I ever knew. And this was something you did last year, Stephen, and I got the, the pleasure to do again this year with the group. And uh, everybody went on the tour this year um, who was out there, with the exception of Callum, who was uh, dying was in bed. Broken at that stage, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really, really good. And, and everybody said how awesome it was. So well worthwhile doing. Yeah. Um, but then a little bit later that Friday, mm. you rocked up in town with the rest of the crew after a bit of a drama. <laughs> so I was up in the air. And I'm used to getting the internet and all that, you know, flying prime time. So I was used to getting the internet up in the air, you know, just to pass a bit of time. I had to bring a second charger to try to charge that bad boy because iPhones are basically landlines. You need to keep them plugged in all the time. Uh, so I didn't want to go on the internet yet, but I did eventually get on and they've changed the plan. It's like, you know, 700 euro for 50 megabytes. Um, so if your phone accidentally goes onto Facebook, well, then that's your allowance gone. So I was up in the air and it turned out that some of the guys who'd gone on the trip um, were delayed in customs, maybe facing the same fate that you guys got, but had a shorter time to get on that Green Bay flight from Chicago um, and ended up missing it. So some of the people got it, some of the people didn't manage it. So I was coordinating in the air you know touch and base who have we got who have we not got who's bent on who hasn't went on and of course I'm asking people that are in our group some people don't have Facebook so they weren't in that group and then I had to try figure out who'd went on who had just got lost who'd went to try find a different flight and was waiting elsewhere absolute pandemonium all worked out in the end I land I meet the boys and then we all get in a taxi up to the bus place so now I'm faced with this 15 seater Ford whatever the hell it is a transit maybe who knows I think it is a transit it's a big sort of uh, you know cool black bus it's not great when you're driving it this thing like if I'm going sailing in the future this thing picks up wind better than a sailboat I'm going to bring this thing and drive it into the ocean because like it you know and then they were doing roadworks and like I don't know what they do it like this but in America it seems like the roads are built in like I don't know a meter segments so you know when you're well I have these in Ireland anyway when you're coming up to a bad bend on a country road they put these little strips of, you know, little, you know what they put the line markers on the road, just little yellow strips, and they put them progressively and gradiently closer together so that you go boom, 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 as you get closer to the, to the corner to let you know it's danger. Mm-hmm. It's just that for three and a half hours to Chicago, just boom, 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 It felt like I either had a flat tire or I was driving a train, and then this thing, honestly, the the bus fishtailed from time to time, which was fantastic to put the shits up you because. Everyone knows it by now. I've waxed lyrical about it. I've got a little baby, um, 16 months, 17 months. Um, and I've have, I'm have another one coming. It can come at any time now. We're basically full term, right? So I'm on edge. Uh, I've got the pager, the phones, everything else beside me here. If I have to run up and do that whole movie style, new, 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 just me leaving. There'll be a Stephen-shaped hole in the door. Um, and I'm ready to go. So I was prime pickings. We've all seen the movies. We've seen True Detective. You know, we've seen all these things where... If you have something good coming up in your life, you know that you're expected to be home. It cuts to the woman rubbing her belly and reminiscing about how great of a man you are. And then you get bludgeoned by a hammer by some dude, you know, axe murder in the wrong place at the wrong time. So I had that hanging over me, that final destination thing. And I was driving all the way. So we had to hot-tail it to try to get to the Devon house and George Coon signing, which was happening in the hotel. And we eventually got there around five minutes late. Uh, the boys sat down and they were great though, weren't they? Devon was very unguarded to say such a young guy, but I really enjoyed that, did you? Yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, I thought certainly George Coons was the uh, model professional at this one. Yeah. Um, I think if we'd had Devon there on his own, he might have spilled a, a lot more beans, let's say. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, old George was looking after him. Um, but yeah, it was really, really good. And obviously the guys, they signed signed the flag, they signed the pictures, mm. um, answered the questions. Um, it was yeah that was a good night and I'm glad you guys actually made it there 
because there was a there was a for a little bit of time we were doing our best to hold things up by sort of arriving a bit late ourselves and yeah then we got some guys to come in from visit green bay they came in and give a beer to everybody which was really cool mm. um so thanks to those guys we met them after three years of chatting to them on twitter yeah uh, so thanks for the presence they were great and i missed um, them as well i missed but i got the free goodies in the end you were good enough to to keep some aside yeah. so that... I, I said to them i said to them you know don't don't wait around it's not worth it yeah you, you probably won't even notice he's there and he'll be tugging on your leg and you'll be trying to look down but uh, yeah so they were good I found Devon quite unguarded so they signed a picture each and then we decided to try hold them back as some lads had individual items like jerseys and helmets so we got them to sign that now if at this stage in the podcast you're listening and you're like I don't give two shits about your trip that's fine because in the description I'm going to put um, what minutes uh, that we talk about something else so we'll bash through the trip because we know an awful lot of people are interested and wanted to know what we got to up over there does that make sense is that even you do, a sentence you do, do realise you do realise if you put that in the description that does. those people that you're now explaining that to are not going to hear it yeah well maybe but that's fine because I, I, I like that right. I like that you've double double covered yourself right it's one of so the, okay. double covered so Let's fast forward then. Let's get to Saturday because Saturday is essentially where the group split in two mm-hmm. and there was nothing to do with any fallouts after 34 bottles of spotted cow by anybody. But it's because... bottles of <laughs> So it's because half of the group went off to Wisconsin and the other half of the group stayed in Green Bay. So why don't you tell the guys about your day at Camp Randall, which was your first visit, mm. uh, which is an amazing, amazing place. Whether you're into college football or not, this is one of the stadiums to visit in America. Oh, um, awesome. How did you find it? It's great, yeah, it was brilliant. Now, bear in mind, I was running on very little sleep, so I got up really early on the Friday to fly, and then I got very little sleep that morning because it was actually up at half five, so to drive the bus. It's not a bad drive down to Madison, about three hours uh, following behind Lance, who's the other guy driving the bus, so I wasn't too bad. But Ryan, this is like something, like if you've watched that movie Bad Neighbours, it's like something of a movie. It, you know, all the frat houses, which I thought was just hyperbole, actually exist. So once you start to get into Madison, the traffic picks up a little bit, but not too much. It doesn't really piss you off. You get in and you just see, it's just a wash with young and old, mostly young because it's a real college town. It's the University of Wisconsin. And we got in and we, we drove right by the stadium and it was just frat houses everywhere. There was people standing on, you know, they have those over the front door balcony things and they're just standing on the roof uh, drinking cans there was a guy in a wheelchair that were throwing cans at him I thought the poor guy can't believe they're doing that to him then I saw him open them and scold them back and I was thinking he can drink more than I can this guy's in heaven um, so we eventually found park and walked down had to don myself with a with a Badgers cap which I got cheap outside the stadium and then went into the, the sort of a pro well, I suppose it's not a pro shop if they're not professionals but an amateur shop is that what you call it went in and they had a shop for the Badgers gear um, everyone is in a great mood all wearing the kind of red and white onesies which allows to wear in the green and yellow onesies when they excuse me got the green bay um went into the stadium massive massive stadium huge screen and then the band comes out and the band basically they're all dressed now this was a really warm day we picked a fantastic weekend to go for weather so the band came out and they were dressed in like so much clothes they were sweating like crazy uh the the noise in the stadium was ridiculous the student section hadn't got there yet because we're still firing cans at disabled people so they were marching up and down the field having a great time and then they said here's the alumni band so they condensed into half the field and then all these people in plain clothes came out who were alumni band members so then they start playing and then they all expanded again into each other and it was just the pageantry was ridiculous they all march off the field the badgers come out and the game was pretty class roll on they're beating um, Florida Atlantic um, and roll on to, as you can see, the student section started to fill up. 
So we roll on to the end of the third quarter and next thing that jump around, you hear the music start, everyone stands, the excitement and the buzz in the place is crazy. I'll put out a video on our social media later um, just as a bit of a recap to look back on it. Um, you can hear my dopey voice at the start and jump around comes on and the whole stadium is just bumping. I mean, this was like nothing you've ever seen to see. I think it's something like 75,000 or whatever that stadium can fit. Everybody in the whole place was jumping around, even the away fans, which was there was about four of them. You could spot them. So they were jumping around going mental. Uh, the, the play in the game is quite pedestrian. It's quite you know it's less than what an NFL game is but I suppose in commerce of a Badger fan now and when we went outside the stadium after the game again the frat houses were in full swing everyone was pissed off their face they were throwing cans and footballs and everything they were banging footballs into the into the packed crowd who were leaving they were throwing footballs from the roof into the crowd and there was always be one diehard because you're going to look out for that stuff who'd run up and catch it and the, the aim was is to throw that back up onto the roof to the guys and they do it again fantastic atmosphere Ryan, you like I've said it on the podcast before, and you're you're into you're a college football guy. You're a big sports guy in general, but college football you like as well. You're a Badgers fan. I'm now a Badgers fan. Um, it's like I didn't think I'd be interested in this. If I'm honest, I thought I'd go and be like, I'm only going because of the drive the lads. I get in with the ticket because I'm driving the dudes. But I'm converted. I'm a fan. You know, it's definitely something that I'd want to do, and I'd urge people to do again. But you decided not to do it this year, and you had a totally different day, which was probably busier than even the day that I had. Sure, yeah. So we started out at first. We, we heard there was a free signing at Lambeau Field and uh, Willie Buchanan and why can't I remember the other John guy? John Brockington. John Brockington, thank you. I saw so many that day. Uh, they were there signing autographs in the stadium for free. So we got there about an hour early to queue up, which was mm. a good idea. Yeah. Um, did that, got them to sign a football and then uh, we noticed, <laughs> or I, I say we noticed, I want to try and credit myself, but I can't really. One of the guys in the queue behind us said, uh, just to let you know, that over there as well is Tony Fisher, who apparently is the guy in the stadium that organises these alumni guys to come in and do these sort of signings. So he signed the board as well. Whilst we were in the queue, some other guy said, oh, in case you didn't know, Jeff Janis is doing a free signing up at uh, Green Bay Bay Trailer Depot. Mm. And so we're like, right, okay. So we have a look at that, and it literally is a trailer depot in an industrial area. But we got in an Uber, and we went up there, and there he is. Jeff Janis is outside. Right. <laughs> They'd obviously given him a pretty sweet deal on the trailer. Mm. He was signing, so he did that, left a video message for us. Nice. And, yeah. uh, Hold on, let me stop there, because you got the piss ripped, Eddie, about this. I didn't notice at the start, because I was too focused on Jeff Janis. I was like, oh, that's cool. But underneath the... So you put out the tweet, and underneath the tweet... People just kept saying, nice, 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 nice. I was like, oh, people are really appreciating the fact that, you, you know, you got Jeff Janis to say this. So, and their lads were like, no, did you not watch the video? And Ryan's getting the piss taken out. Like, what are you talking about? So we watched it again. So Jeff Janis gives the UK Packers and all the fans a shout out. And then at the end, you just go, nice. <laughs> that has to be your new catchphrase. I want a t-shirt that just says nice on it. I, you know, yeah, I don't particularly know where that came from. It just kind of happened. Must be a must be a throwback to the far show that I used to watch. Um <laughs> But yeah, so we went from there. Then we went to uh, so the next one was up to the Green Bay Distillery to get Devon House mm. and Devonte Adams. Uh, already had House, obviously, from the day before. Uh, so got the Adams one um, along with a bunch of other guys. Uh, Charlotte, who must have got a billion autographs. Uh, Tony, Steve Hale, Luke, uh, loads of people getting loads of autographs there. Um, and then we went back to the hotel because we had to drop off all the stuff we'd had autographed. And what did we do? We all jumped in the shower, got changed, went back out because there was more signings on. 
Yeah. Um, so we went back to Green Bay Distillery. I finally met Dorsey Levins after, what now, 17-odd years of supporting the Packers. Do you want to tell people um, the story? Only very quickly, because I've told it loads and loads of times. He was on the cover of the very first Madden game I got, uh, which is why I supported the Packers. And do you uh, want so to tell he, people the story about when you met him? Well, when I met him, he seemed, let's say, mildly interested in my story. He didn't um, seem interested at all. Like, you went up and you told him, and he was kind of like, oh, okay. And like That must have been sitting on you well, for 18 years, well, and you thought, if I finally yeah. meet him, he'll be so impressed. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Um, but don't, don't meet your heroes, huh? Well, it, it, I, th- I don't know. Maybe it's because he wasn't excited, jumped up and uh, you know gave me a big hug. But actually, I watched it back on the video, and he does sort of smile and laugh a bit. So maybe I just, yeah. Took around. Yeah. So we did that. Um, and then I think from then on, we, there was the obviously there was the concert going on and everything else. And then mm. some other guys went around the corner to Stadium View where they found Jerry Kramer mm. um, and a whole bunch of other people, I think I remember them saying as well. So we just basically went autograph hunting for the whole of Saturday. Yeah. And uh, me and you had a couple of meetings then Saturday. And uh, we also have to give a special shout out. And we love her here. She is the queen of Green Bay is Gabrielle Valles though. Um, she was very good to us over there so the Sunday then was just so much excitement we got contacted by Sky Sports uh, the the night before and they wanted to meet us on Sunday at 9 to half 9 so myself Rhino I jumped into a bus uh, with a bunch of dudes and the other bus followed slightly after went in to meet Richard Graves and this guy was an absolute gent Ryan wasn't he so normal so down to earth uh, had his cameraman there and he said right okay we're going to do a bit of b-roll so I we'll just stand around the stall, just checking it out. And he ended up filming this dog that went by who had glasses on, which was ridiculous in a car. So that car stopped and he filmed that, which probably ended up to be a bit of a saving grace. So filmed a bit of B-roll. We're used to that kind of stuff from, I don't know what that word was. Uh, we're quite used to that from the Packers life. And also, you know, we've been followed around by kind of camera crews again because uh, they like to give us a good poke and a prod when we go over to Green Bay. So... We were all standing there in a the group, me and you, in our nice smart polos because we were due to be in the press box later that day on the Sunday. Uh, we're all standing there, whole group standing there waiting to be interviewed. So Callum, as usual, is standing up front. Um, nice guy, but uh, he had a, a brain like scrambled egg for, uh, you know, maybe all the time. I don't know, but certainly most of this trip until the very end when he, I think he's still probably drunk from uh, Scotty and what Tom Coles did to him. So it's like a, it was like a comedy sketch, wasn't it? So he, Richard Graves, giving it a bit of an intro uh, then went so oh well, here's the UK Parkers I'm going to go to the group put the mic down and shifted it swiftly across past me and you uh, straight to Callum and what came out of Callum's mouth Ryan I still don't know if, if any of that was actually English it sounded mostly like uh, you know 14 month old child babble stuff here well yeah it's almost like somebody asked him a question for the first time ever yeah and it's brilliant because I think he'd kind of hyped up that he was going to be on Sky Sports then he did the interview which went well it went kind of south mm. and uh, then when somebody asked him on Facebook how it went he simply put nailed it yeah which is weird because uh, I don't know if it was Sean because we well, that's the thing he, did, he didn't he actually put I shit the bed yeah, and he really did and that's the thing we don't know what it actually ended up like or what he was able to cut out because Richard did say after that he went oh that's live TV for you so he spoke to one other person and then there was a, a lovely man who brought his son his son's a legend Ewan um, the two guys came over 
but he you know he was just being a, a really supportive dad you and nail these exams decided he's bringing his son over like the model dad would um but he didn't have a you know didn't have wasn't interested in the Packers wasn't a Packers fan he's a mild passing interest in the NFL didn't really know a lot he was just a loving dad brought his son over so kudos to that however where it turned against him was is that the third person that Richard Graves went to was uh Ewan's dad so he says oh you have a lot of uh, history with the Seahawks and that's that's you know that's basic knowledge 101 you rattle off about the NFC Championship game and the the touchception and then you can go into how we've beaten them recently and we've bet them six of the eight games that we've played them in and the ones that they've bet us as bigger they haven't won at Lambeau since 1999 you know you can ream off all these stats and he goes to Ewan's dad uh, they have a lot of history don't they boom right into Ewan's dad and he goes have they <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> and we look like the most clueless bunch of people who spend you know one twelfth of our annual uh, earnings to go over there and then probably you know 17 twelfths in the pro shop and now we just look like we can't speak english uh we've got scrambled eggs for brains and also we have no idea if there's any history at all with the seahawks so ryan not our shining light and you know we had to redeem ourselves later on with some interviews no but it was rather amusing if nothing hilarious. else hilarious so yeah so that was uh we did that and then me and you went hunting for a bit of press pass action and came back and we hit the tailgate free food free booze we do it every year it's worth going to rhino isn't it because stuff got wild it's awesome and it is basically the biggest party going uh doesn't matter where you are in green bay the whole whole area around the stadium uh is just party town and this year was no different and i think the uk and irish packers put their mark on things as they do oh yeah um and it was great because we finally got to meet people like kurt kozad mm. uh wu chang yeah or he came Mick all the way Ward. from arizona Mick Ward. either yeah. or and uh michael lightfoot we ran into mm. um amongst many other people that we ran into so that was really cool to do that that morning um, but it was a busy busy morning so yeah and then we had to leave slightly early because we had to go and get the press passes indeed and shout out to kelly lawler she arrived down with her dad who was a vietnam vet she so it was did. cool to meet the two of them guys um so yeah and she understood me too because she had an irish ex-husband so we mean you went up to get the press passes and also we got a select number of sideline passes uh, so some of the guys got those so it was just a surreal moment. So we went and met the lady we were supposed to. We got aired two passes. We got some passes for, for some of the guys who've been on all the trips and supported us from the very start. So there was eight of us in total and we decided to go, well, we didn't decide. We had to go behind the scenes uh, into where the player tunnel was and actually how we entered the field to get onto the sideline, which is not typical. Usually you come down from the stands is we went up the player tunnel and out into the light. So we actually got to witness coming out onto Lambeau Field through the tunnel on game day. So the crowd was there and us eight goons come out and we got to walk around, which is great. We got to see all the players, Packers and Seahawks up close, Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett, Martellus Bennett, Richard Rogers, Aaron Rogers, Randall Cobb. You know, I don't want to go through all the all the rosters. Uh, fantastic experience, Rhino. And like, could you believe it almost? You know, when you're walking by the medical tents and you're walking by the Gatorade stuff and you're where the players will be sitting and you're, you know... And Mickey's length away from Aaron Rodgers. It's just a surreal moment. Yeah, unbelievable to be under there. And the whole time, do you know, the whole time we were walking around, didn't we? We felt like we were somewhere we shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, felt like we were about to get in trouble at any second. And actually, there was quite a funny moment after we'd come back from doing the whole sideline thing uh, and getting some pics and videos. We came back through the tunnel, didn't we? As, as a guy shouted and chased after us, and we weren't <laughs> allowed in that way. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we turned around and we sort of just flashed every pass that we had at him in, in pure panic. Um, and then he was like, oh, sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. On your way. And as we turned around and went to walk in, 
Mike Daniels, Clay Matthews, Devon House. Randall they Cobb. All, yeah, Randall Cobb. They all just walked by us jogging into the locker room. That's yeah. how close we were. Um, Steve tried to get everybody a picture, but uh, again, another security guard swiftly told us off and told us to get on our way. Yeah. Yeah, but honestly, we could have touched Mike Daniels. I wouldn't have dared because he had a dynamite game and he probably would have killed me first before then trying to go on and kill Russell Wilson. Unbelievable. Like, we were literally an arm's length away. So the, this is where it kind of departs from your normal um, sort of adventure if you do come on the trip. So what you will witness um, going over, me and Ryan just took the piss after this. What you'll witness is, is you'll go up to the stands, uh, you'll sit, there's not a bad seat in the house. It's on bleacher seating. Uh, it's a bowl stadium which is amazing the atmosphere is incredibly loud actually this year was the loudest I've heard it which was brilliant because against the Cowboys after we started getting trounced and Ezekiel Elliott was running all over us the crowd got really quiet and the guy beside me was doing his best to try rally the crowd but it wasn't working whereas this time around the noise in the stadium was absolutely deafening the ears were ringing after it's amazing so you'll be in the stands, you'll be high-fiving, you'll see the stuff on the big screen. Uh, just a fantastic atmosphere. But me and Ryan, I got to go up to the press box. So we got up to the press box, and again, we are going up in the lift. Again, like what you were saying, Ryan, like we thought we were kind of getting away with something. Like It's like when you get pulled over by a guard or a policeman, and they ask you questions. You instantly have that feeling that you've got, you know, two pounds of cocaine shoved up your arse. You know, it's kind of you feel guilty without having done anything. So well, I got that sort of two pounds of cocaine up my arse feeling going around the place. And I were like, you know, we even have a video of the two of us going, just keep swimming, just keep swimming because it's just, just keep going, just be confident. So we went into the press box and there was just, they were serving lasagna yeah, and hot surreal. dogs. Oh man, the chefs there. Remember the banks of drinks? They had all the types of drinks, coffee, heaven. But what did you oh, go yeah. for? What did you? What was your weapon of choice? Hot dog and popcorn. Yeah, better believe it. And Coke Zero, though, because you know, obviously, I care about those calories. Oh yeah, which which actually tastes sweeter than normal Coke. Normal, normal Coke, <laughs> back here. Yeah. Odd. So we got to the press box, sweet dig, set up the laptops, uh, ready to get the tweet machine going. But we're going to record some live podcasts. But we quickly realised it wasn't the place to do it. You know, Rob Domofsky was there, Mike Spofford, all of the media guys from from everywhere were in there. But it was a real sobering atmosphere, right? Because the the crowd noise can't come into the press box, and they were pumping in the commentary, which sounded like someone was saying it to you beside you because with the game you have that game noise on TV whereas this was literally if you just cut all that game noise out and it's literally just someone saying first and ten Green Bay it was real sober wasn't it um, and you know we were sort of thinking this is great because tell them about the stats this is the bit I love so quite often I have a little bit of a joke with with Steve and with the listeners obviously that I do no research and if you're in the press box you don't have to do any research because they have a guy that comes to you at the end of each quarter and he throws all the stats for that quarter and all the play-by-play in front of you. So you've got it all there for you. So you literally, they, they do your research before the game mm. and give you a press pack of stuff. And at the end of each quarter, they update that press pack as you go through the game. So it's a pretty awesome place to be. And quite frankly, I need that for every podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even halfway through the podcast or someone can just saunter in and just bang a few stats in front of you. That'd be happy days. But uh, we got contacted and ended up at half time to, to go meet someone and go into private suite. So we went into these suites. Now, another one's downstairs on that Packers tour. They were saying like, oh, it's 55 grand if you want one of these suites. This one, to me, seemed better. I don't know, Ryan, whether that's true or not. So we went in. All the famous bands are there uh, that I have to admit I never heard of. Uh, Everclear and uh, Blues Traveller. Uh, they were there and their family members were there. So they couldn't give two hoots about the game. They were just in there having some free booze, uh, some chips 
and all that other good American stuff. Uh, so we went in and we quickly realized that the seats weren't reserved. So we banged on down the front of this booth. It was open. <laughs> you could hear the crowd noise. It was unbelievable. We were totally taking the piss. Did a few periscopes. Looked down on the game for the second half. And it was shortly uh, into us sitting down there getting some free beers that Mike Daniels got that strip sack. Kyler Farkle fell on it. Um, and then Ty punched in the touchdown. And me and you just dived up, slap ass and, you know, just going crazy. Ryan, that sweet was so sweet with a capital SW, was it not? Yeah, I guess that is what you you can afford if you live a different kind of life to what we do. Oh, yeah. Um, because, yeah, that was something else, and, and, and what a great experience. So first half, we get to experience the press box. Second half, we get to uh, to sample a little bit of what it's like to, to get a sweep for the game. Um, I can imagine that comes in real useful when it starts to get a bit cold. Uh but yeah, what 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 a day that was! And then you know, following on from that, game's over. We then get to go down to the press conference, as you see the guys on the podium after the game. And as we walk in, uh, none other than Aaron Rodgers is on the podium. Yeah. And sounds a bit sad, but I was as excited. I don't know about you, as for for seeing Aaron Nagler and Rob Domofsky in there as I was for seeing Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and uh, Jason Wilde was there as well. It was Jason Sorry, Wilde. Yeah, he was I'd love to have gone and told him what his actual name pronunciation is. So they were all sitting on the front and recording Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers. It's really weird as well. Like, it's everything about the whole press thing. Because you look at it and we read it all the time. And it always seems kind of glamorous, you know. And Rob Domofsky, again, is looking sharp. And again, we met him, took a picture with him. Absolutely stellar bloke. So nice. Expecting him to be a bit sharp and to be like, get away from me, I'm working. Uh, but he couldn't have been nicer. And we were in the in the Aaron Rodgers press conference. And he was cracking jokes. And they were really funny. And me and you were like the only two laughing. Because everyone else just stayed poker-faced. Now, I don't know whether that's because they're recording and they don't want to piss themselves laughing while they're recording and ruin the recording or whatever but me and you were like this guy's funny and uh like he was saying about getting beaten uh by the defensive lineman who outran him and he thought his conditioning was a bit better and then he mentioned <laughs> like uh yeah you know jordy nelson had a good game even though he's lost a step and sniggered and you know and that was funny and i laughed and no one else said anything so it's kind of like tough crowd um so yeah. but he was real normal was it? i mean it was the oddest thing to open that door and then to see Aaron Rodgers stand in front of you. Like, I now, almost needed the pants tell, tell me this. So tell me this. Were you tempted to ask a question? Because I kept trying to think of a cool question to ask. But down the front, they were very polished. Like, one mm. question finished, explanation finished, they jumped in. Yeah. And I never quite had the balls on me to just ask that next question. Yeah, do you know what, Ryan? It's hard to know the etiquette as well because... Like yeah, it seems are like we even allowed? exactly yeah, and then you'd say Aaron, and then you'd have Err, everyone turning and going, "Who are you?" Sorry, you know, and then you'd be like, "Just pipe down," you know, and you'd <laughs> yeah, be, like, okay. be that Conor McGregor. Who the f is that guy? <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, I didn't wonder who the f is that guy moment. Um, but yeah, I do you know what? And I didn't really know what to ask because the typical one is like, "Hello, Stephen from Ireland here. I just want to know, would you like to have you ever?" Have you ever been to... Do you like Guinness? You know, and then it'd be like, all right, man, Jesus Christ. So I'd love to ask something really profound, but then we did spend the kind of, you know, half the game getting boozy up in the up in the suite. So I was just like, do you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. I think I'll sit it out. I'm happy enough just staring in his face. And uh, we'd sit it out. And we kind of sat there after, didn't we, thinking, is this it? Are they going to roll out some yeah, more stars? Yeah. Or And then we had a, a cheeky wonder about to see what more we could find. And unfortunately, the locker room was closed. I think we got down there a little bit late. Yeah. Um, but that was closed. But we did manage to uh, 
as as Rob Domofsky walked past, I thought, yeah, I'm going to grab this opportunity. So I very coolly, as if I was there every week, said, uh, hi, Rob. <laughs> yeah, how are you? Should have probably gone with Mr. Domofsky. Hmm. Um, but I said, hi, Rob. Uh, so we're all the way from the UK and Ireland. Always a good start because uh, they seem to like that. Hmm. Uh, can we have a photo with you? Uh, because we think you're awesome. And he's got a great haircut, I have to add. Um, so we had a photo with him. And then Steve goes, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. Would you want to come on our podcast? And then we get his business card and he agrees to come on the podcast. Yeah. So you've got that coming in the next few weeks, I guess. Yeah, which made me think, A, this is awesome. And B, we need business cards again. Um, so that was cool. We went out onto the field then and we took a bit of video. We nearly got ran over by a truck and then Jordy Nelson walked by. So, I mean, you know, pick pick your poison, which one, which is a cooler story. Uh, so that we was did a, quite funny. Yeah, because we were so focused on trying not to get ran over. And if you look at the video that we put up as sort of final thoughts from Lambeau Field, you'll see that like here's beep beep you know and we're like okay we're gonna leave now before we die and then uh, we were so busy like oh, well that was close and Jordy Nelson just you know walked by and we could have I don't know grabbed him for something but you know what I'm conscious that this part is going on a whole lot and it's this is gonna be a super long podcast because we haven't done a podcast for a while so also then so look yeah so game happens game wins we get some cool stuff we head back to well no we don't we actually go for a little meeting um in Lodge Cola, which seriously need to improve your customer service yeah. and your waiting staff are not particularly impressive. But you know, you're a new place, I'm sure it'll improve. Um, was that allowed? Were you allowed to do reviews yeah, on it? Yeah, that's, so. that's fine. Yeah, it's like uh, TripAdvisor. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. Two stars. Um, <laughs> there, oh, in fact, no, that's harsh. I'm going to give it three stars because the chicken wings were very good. Yeah, even though they were a tenner and you only got six, bit high. But anyway, go on. But yeah, so we had a little meeting. Uh, I think we'll keep that under wraps for now. Oh, yeah. And uh, then it was off to D2 mm. and Stadium View to go meet up with the guys again who were battered. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, and I had to stay non-sozzled and you don't get drunk anyway because you're about seven foot tall. So that was good. I uh, drove the bus back and the next morning then we got up and that's always the morning to go and hit the Pro Football Hall of Fame tour, the stadium tour, which is awesome because you get to come out through the player tunnel as well. Not like we did uh, when there's people in the stadium, but it's still awesome all the same. Uh, we had Grant, who was at least 104 years of age, who was leading us around. But a fantastic sense of humour, Grant, wasn't he? He was so weird, uh, but weird in such a lovely, lovely way. Uh, he yeah. led us around. And then we hit the pro shop where I, uh, you know, nearly maxed out my credit card, Ryan. Yeah, so that was fun. sure did. Last little bits to get. Uh, so that was pretty cool. I think everybody spent a fortune in that pro shop, to be quite honest. Yeah. Stuff uh, like office stuff, garden stuff, fleecy blankets, uh, match jerseys, and the lads again went out and bought us jerseys and got Steve two on the back and Ryan one on the back of yours, uh, which was really just amazing. Cool. Yeah, we have to thank the guys for that. So, so they just thanked us for the hard work that we put in and the organising that we did on the trip. And then Ryan, it was all business really. It was um, you know in the in the buses trying to get back down to Chicago. Some people flew from Chicago to Green Bay, or Green Bay to Chicago, sorry, and Chicago home. And then we went down in the buses. So that was my last white knuckle ride before I got on the plane and tried to stop myself from thinking about plummeting into the ocean for seven hours. Um, so that was that was grand. Back home, and it's just not the same, buddy. It's not, but there is one feel-good story that came out of us being back home. Is obviously just a quick one. Charlotte was obviously supposed to go to Florida yeah. or somewhere down there, Tampa Bay, I think it was, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. And obviously, because of the problems down there, that was all cancelled, which meant she had to spend some more time in Green Bay. You know, oh shame. Mm. So she wasn't, I guess, too put out by that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and then it turned out to be awesome when she found out that Marius Randall was on Wednesday night, which I'm really happy for her because three years, I think she's oh, yeah. uh, followed that uh, that player as her favourite player. Mm. And uh, she's wanted his autograph, wanted to meet him, and she managed to do all of that last night uh, at wherever it was. <laughs> I can't even remember where it was now. Uh, yeah. Um, but again, at one of these sort of TV shows. Greenberg Distillery again. Uh, so it was Green Bay Distillery. So that does seem the place to be. So really happy for her as well. So, okay, she did get to go to Tampa Bay, but she did get to meet her favourite player, which is always cool. So yeah, fair play to Charlotte. Rhino, let's talk about the actual game itself. Now, we were in the press box and then we were getting Larry in a suite. So you've rewatched the game. I've rewatched the game. Um, we've both realised that Green Bay still won. Uh, they did it on the replay again. So let, let's break this game down. There were some interesting things that happened uh, most notably, what happened in the first half was is that the game was kept to soccer scores in our honour, which was, you know, for, look, Aaron, Ty, Randall, Jordy, Mike McCarthy. Where we thank you all for doing that first to make us feel at home, but there was absolutely no need and you needed to step it up in the second half, which they did. Um, how would you wrap up that first half, Ryan? It, it was a bit of an odd one. And what do you think the problems were? I think when we spoke about this a bit, I think the problem was... Quite frankly, Aaron Rodgers does not play a whole lot of preseason. Now, I prefer it that way um, because it means he can't get hurt. But it probably does mean that he comes into that first game a little bit behind on speed. And and some people say, no, rubbish. But I think it must have an effect. Um, if not for him personally, it's more his you know timings and everybody else's familiarity with playing with him. However, I'd rather it that way around if we can recover um, like we did. Uh, than him run the risk of, of getting hurt in pre-season. So I think that's probably all it was. Um, but yeah, it was, it was quite an impressive performance from the second half onwards. Um, it was, a, well, in fact, let's say it was an impressive performance from the defence in the first half particularly. I mean, they, they we were going up against one of the strongest teams, not only in the NFC, but in the NFL. And a team that could well be there in the big game at the end of the year, you know. And to stop them scoring a touchdown for the entire game was, was something that most people would have laughed at if you'd said that pre-game. Yeah. So very impressed by the defence. They seem to put a lot of their demons to bed. Yes, there was a couple of scrambles um, and a couple of passes completed. Scrambles are always hard to defend against, especially if they're not sort of a, a designed run play by the quarterback. They're always difficult because if he recognises a man coverage and he's got a gap, then he's, he's always going to find that room. Um, so I, I kind of ignore those. There were a couple of passes completed, but let's remember this is Russell Wilson in a very good offense. So, you know, we weren't going to shut it down all day. The defense to me looked very, very good. Mike Daniels in particular. Um, the secondary, I think, answered questions all day long. Um, I saw a stat actually saying that for most of the game, we had six defensive backs on the field. Um, so they seem to have found a way of fixing the secondary issues to simply put loads of them on the field, um, which is quite cool. Uh, so yeah it was a really really good game and, and one that I did find exciting to watch even in the first half like I say when, when the scoring wasn't happening but the defence was playing a blinder yeah it's that whole nitro package now it's something that the Packers said that they wanted to do in pre-season and they also said they wanted to focus on the run game they also said that they wanted to focus more on getting Randall Cobb the ball like an awful lot of things that were deemed to be preseason bullshit actually came true. So they did do the Nitro package. I think something like 42 out of the 47 or 49 defensive plays that they had, they had that Nitro package in there, um, which was great to see. And again, like you said, you know, 
Right, so some of the criticisms that I did have is that the Packers tend defensively to fall asleep, sometimes in the more important moments, sometimes when they're fatigued, um, sometimes when it seems like there's not a whole lot to play for, uh, they let it all get away from them. Now, most notably the NFC Championship game when they let that all go uh, to pot, that was down on the defense. Obviously, Brandon Bostic, uh, may he rest in peace, but also um, down to the defense sort of, just having that brain fart moment, you know, letting them come down when they jump up and catch the ball. And sometimes I see that with the likes of Demarius Randall. You know, he makes a great play and then he'll do some brain fart moment where he'll let the player go up and get the ball and then he'll drape himself on him. And, you know, and you're kind of thinking, look, pal, it's too late then. So I don't know whether that's a conscious thing with him that he doesn't want to be burned. Some of the main points that I took out of the first half was is that we had dreadful field position. So John Ryan for the Seahawks played an absolute blinder, pinned us right back um to you know 20 yards and beyond and it was that poor field position that we saw early last year and that's why we needed to get something going on special teams so trevor davis was in there and he didn't fair catch i don't think he fair catched really anything in the first half and um, he tried to make a run out but ended up getting smashed so that was just that was just excellent special teams play by the seahawks with john ryan and the chasers um on top of that then as well i mean we have kyle murphy in there instead of brian balaga and we've seen Look, if you're up against a defense like Seattle, they're going to punish you. Now, I think he held up quite well, but he was guilty of giving up a couple of sacks. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers was sacked four times in the first half, but he wasn't sacked at all in the second half. And I think that's important too, is that, you know, we had better field position in the second half. Most notably, uh, that strip sack by Mike Daniels, which Kyler Fackrell jumped on, that put us right up there. And Ty Montgomery ended up running it in on the next play. So, you know, it'll go to show you the importance of field position, which I know sounds obvious, but when you're pinned to your 20-yard line and you're trying to make stuff happen, like there was plenty of times, Ryan, where Aaron Rodgers was standing in our own end zone and he was trying to get that ball out. And for the first part of the game, it was all just pass plays. And I don't think they ran their first run play until maybe the second quarter. It was something mental like that anyway. So they did bring in some help for Kyle Murphy. Um, we saw Martellus Bennett do some great blocking. Uh, we saw him put the fullback in there. But mostly what the Packers said they were going to do was is not try to help him out too much and baby him. It's that you have to try and throw him in the deep end. Now, they'll do that to a degree because you don't want to be like, it's a learning experience for you know uh, Kyle when really you're going to damage your quarterback and then you're done for the season. So obviously they sort of you know played it clever. Martellus Bennett, this guy blocked like a champ on that you know one that we ran in Ty Montgomery ran in for the, our first touchdown it was because of our Martellus Bennett block and you can see him fist pump the air like he's so important as far as in that and also Ryan most notably in something that Aaron Rodgers mentioned after the game Aaron Rodgers ran for a first down and didn't slide it decided to go head first but he took a dirty shot by a Seahawks player Martellus Bennett then decided to throw that guy on the ground which we have a video up on our Facebook of him doing when he was with the Bears although he did it against his own team when he was with the Bears uh, but so would we because they're the Bears so he pushed that Seahawks player over and jumped to his defence now we got the first down so it didn't cost us the first down it just cost us 15 yards then and we still had the first down how important is that for a team to do that straight off the bat, Ryan? It's kind of to set the standard and set the marker for a team that we're going to protect our quarterback and if you do anything about him, you're going to get a slap in the face. I think Aaron Rodgers probably put that perfectly in the, in the post-game co uh, press conference, didn't he? So he, he was asked about that. You know, What did he think of that? Because obviously, inevitably, what happened was it was a penalty against Bennett in that instance. And... And so, you know, there was a negative side to it. But what he actually said was that he loved it. He loved the fact that somebody would go out there and stand up for him 
Um, and that when teammates do that, I think he said, I think these were his words, when a teammate does that, it's pretty special. I think they were pretty much his words. So that was really cool. Aaron Rodgers seemed to be all in favour of it. He says he's become really good friends with Martellus Bennett uh, since he's joined the team. Um, and I think as well, there's a lot more to come from that partnership. So, for example, there's, there were several cases where Martellus Bennett was open, whether it be on a, on a slant, whether it be sort of a, a hitch type route or, or whatever. And, and Aaron just doesn't seem to see him. But that's that's the case of getting them together playing games. Um, I think you'll see some really big games come from Martellus Bennett uh, over the next few games. And uh, he, he will be a major, major weapon. I'm not saying he had a, there was a, there was a bad game. He, he did perfectly fine in that game. But I think what you might you could see at some point this season is a is a kind of a Travis Kelsey, uh, a, a Gronkowski type effect from our tight end position. Yeah, especially if he stays healthy. He's a fantastic blocker. And we were at the sidelines. So we got to see him up close. And he really is the biggest kid on the playground. This guy is six foot six, seven hundred and seventy seven thousand pounds. Uh, he's a big guy. And and we played an awful lot of two tight end and three tight end sets as well um richard rogers dropping a couple of passes lance kendrick's catching a few um so it was great to see him out there and, and again it's it's something you know if the packers offense don't get off onto a good one but the defense is playing well that's fine and as well as that we dominated uh possession i think we dominated the Seah- seahawks by maybe f- i don't have the stats in front of me now but i think it's something like 15 or 19 minutes additional on air possession versus theirs so we really made their defense work and we did get the breakthrough then um, with Mike Daniels going and getting that strip sack. But more importantly then, Aaron Rodgers catching them again with 12 men on the field. I think the stat from the comms on the day was that that, that was his 23rd um, you know, catching 12 men on the field in the last number of years. Whereas the closest any other team has come to that is 10 and that's with the Colts. So Aaron Rodgers just adept. His situational awareness is unbelievable. And the poetic thing about this whole thing is when he threw that strike to Jordy Nelson... First off, it was absolutely on the money, but also it came about because he looked to the right to see if the official had in fact thrown the flag just to make sure that one last time before he was to take that shot. And because he looked to the right, it threw the whole Seahawks defense off. And then he ended up going to the left to Jordy Nelson and he ended up catching that pass on a seam route. So just, you know, just by circumstances of him looking in the in the wrong direction just to see if something was thrown, end up throwing, in fact, to Seattle defense. Jordy Nelson, absolutely dynamic on the day, catching 7 of 8 uh, for 79 yards and that 32-yard uh, touchdown, which was just fantastic. And again, Aaron joked in the, you know, post-game presser that he lost a step. Definitely wasn't the case. Aaron, as you said, a bit of a rusty game for him, finished 27 at 35, 285 yards. Um, and according to Pro Football Focus, he had a 97.9 passer rating from a clean pocket, but a dismal 40.6 when he was facing pressure. And he was one for eight, including four sacks under that pressure. So again, Aaron Rodgers, actually his numbers used to spike and get better when he was under pressure. But in this case, they seem to reduce. But that's normal because his receivers are trying to get open. He's not seeing going through his progressions as crisply as he does later on in the season. But like I said, I don't think we should be worried about the offense sort of going under at this stage of the season as long as the defense stays. Ryan, something that was interesting to me as well was is that 
you know, it looked like there was going to be a scoreless uh, first half, the first time it happened since the 90s. And then the Seahawks just end up going and progressing all the way down the field and getting that field goal. We even saw the Seahawks defensive players go into the locker room early. Um, you know, is that a brain fart moment? Is that just typical Seahawks that when their backs are up against it, they end up pulling something out? Um, is it a shitty mood move for the Seattle D to go in before the half? I mean, did they really expect to score if their D decided to jog off early? Oh, I, I noticed that happened. I thought it was a really strange thing to do, to leave the field. Um, I think a number of people in the press box were talking about that. Um, yeah, it was It was just an odd thing to see. Um, but it was kind of, yeah, this sort of... I don't know, there's an attitude about the Seahawks, particularly on defence. And I get, was it was it a case of things weren't going their way, so we'll do something that will either distract distract people or, or take attention away or I don't know what it was but it, it was a strange thing to see and certainly something I don't think you'd see the Packers do that and suddenly a few of the guys run off the field and leave the rest of the teammates out there it was yeah it's, it's something that I, I didn't like and thought left a bit of a bad taste really yeah um, it was a bit odd and I think it comes from the coaching staff down I don't think you'd see that from anybody in a Packers uniform I know people have been criticised about that in the past um, something else that jumped out to me is Nick Perry. So he got paid last year and came back with a bang. But he was up against left tackle Reese Odiambo. And, you know, Odiambo came in to replace George Fant, who got injured in the preseason. And against Nick Perry, he gave up one sack, two quarterback hits, and three quarterback hurries. So I'm excited about Nick Perry and his hunger. I'm even more excited about Mike Daniels, who had a career game. Ended up with two sacks, three quarterback hurries, six tackles and six solo stops. Not to mention that forced fumble which Kyler Fackrell came down with. So it had an absolutely ridiculously dynamite game. I'm excited about this D. But I think as we progress through the season and we get stiffer opponents. I don't know Ryan. Do you think that the D will continue to keep up this level? Or will it be the same as last year where... Again, you know, Because we were the best run stopping team last year. But as we pointed out in the podcast... You know, they were facing second and third tier running backs, whereas we're going to be up against Dante Freeman now uh, next week and, th- well, this week coming. So it's going to be a stiff test for the D. But do you think we're finally trending up this year? I think there's many, well, the problem is there's many components to a defense. And I guess the, the, the problem last year was mainly the secondary and a weakness inside linebacker. Do I believe we've improved it inside linebacker? I would say yes, not so much through different personnel, but the fact that the personnel are healthy. If they can stay healthy, that could be, you know, it could be a real position of strength. The secondary, I have to believe, looked a lot better against what I would say is a very good offense in this league. The run defense, I've always quite fancied really against anybody. I mean, we've we've shut some big names down last season and there's some big names on, on the Seattle team. Now, when it comes to next week, obviously we're going against one of the premier guys in the league, but I wouldn't say that I'm particularly worried on the showing that I saw, one, them against the Bears last week, and and for us, how we just performed against Seattle. So I would say, in all honesty, yes, we're certainly trending upwards. Um, I made a bold prediction at the start of last season, which sort of went horribly wrong when I said that the Packers would be a top 10 defence. Maybe they can prove me right a year late. <laughs> yeah. You know what? There's a lot of 
talk about this being sort of the make or break year for Dom Capers because Mike McCarthy came out quite openly and said that he's decided to stand by him this year is that when Mason had his down year they stood by him and now he's deciding to stand by Dom Capers so you know if it does all go to pot I think Dom Capers is out the door and Mike McCarthy is going to be serious questions that he's wasted another year another year where Clay Matthews you know he's getting older and um, we've had to bring in some free agents it really looks like the Packers are really going all out this year because we saw some more roster moves as well and I think that's worth yeah. an honorable shout out at this point as well Ryan um so I suppose before we get on to the roster moves is there any other sort of parting thoughts you have on that Seattle game uh, only that next time we go to a game come and see for yourself <laughs> yeah you know yeah yeah exactly uh, the more the merrier that we get over there um, absolutely stellar game so happy that we went but I just think game. I just think the, the, the best thing is is that that and Atlanta we couldn't have had a harder start to the season especially when you consider that Atlanta this week are in their big brand new home uh, but we couldn't have a tougher start now as I said Seattle are up there as one of the strongest teams in the NFC um, as are Atlanta so these two games here go a long way to showing us what kind of season we're going to have. We've just convincingly beat Seattle. And, you know, the Falcons, I think, are, in, are probably another step up again. Um, if we can come out of that with a positive result, then, you know, this could be one hell of a season. Yeah, because we said it before the game, we were looking at the Seattle defense warm up and they did look fierce. And I think you remarked to me that you said, imagine the the Packers had the Seattle defense and our own offense. I mean, just how unstoppable we'd be. And we saw elements of that unstoppable defense, apart from the brain fart moments, again late on in the fourth quarter and also at the end of the you know second quarter, is that if you look at their linebackers, Bobby Wagner and uh, KJ Wright, according to Pro Football Focus, they had grades between 80 and 83. Whereas if you look at our edge rusher, um, Nick Perry he had 89.8 and linebacker Blake Martinez had 87 so again grading way way above what the Seahawks were doing so we saw what we could be like on defense had we had that dynamic linebackers that up front pass rush and how that affects everything on the back end um, so you know we're, we're on our way to that defensive dominance we just need to be mm-hmm. able to sustain that and, and not suffer any injury and I do think we'd be unstoppable I don't know if you remember, as we walked out into the stadium that day to, to, to sort of head down to the sideline, uh, a guy dressed in green and gold up in the stands shouted overrated and he was chanting it at the defensive players as they ran out to the field. And at the time, I thought, oh, that's funny, getting up, getting on them already, make, make them know they're in Lambo. But uh, maybe he had a point. Yeah, I think there's an element to that. It, it did annoy me um, over the past years when I see the amount of respect that Aaron Rodgers gave Richard Sherman because we've seen him be burned a couple of times there in that game. Uh, you know, certainly the lads seem to have a step on him. I don't think he's all that and I think he can be abused because it's kind of, let me call it the Kevin King dynamic. You know, this guy was a long streaky six foot six, six foot seven guy in college. You know, intimidating. You probably wouldn't throw his way. I had a friend, a bit like a brick shithouse. No one really tried to fight him. But when someone did, you know, they could get at him and they could beat him up. It's just because these guys aren't tested, so they never have to use it. And I'm not saying Richard Sherman hasn't been tested. Of course he has. And yes, he is an absolutely fantastic player. However, you know, if you don't use your skills to the best of their ability, they get rusty. So if you have guys just taking, you know, a cheap shot 
just trying to lash the ball down the field because of pressure and he ends up coming down with an interception like I saw a clip today where Richard Sherman came down with an uncontested ball in his own end zone and ran it back and gave Rex Ryan a stare down you know you can't sort of say oh what a player you know he was like the ball was thrown to nowhere it was literally just flung up into the air and he came down with it because he's the only one within a 14 mile radius to the actual ball and um, so I think he needs to be tested more and I think you know, quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, dynamic wide receivers like Devontae Adams, uh, Randall Cobb had a dynamite game, uh, Jordy Nelson. These players can burn players like him and they just need to be abused like that. So let's get on to some roster moves, some surprising stuff that surprised me. Ladarius Gunter, who cornerback was seen as the shining light of practice and training camp, ended up being cut. I believe he's gone to the Carolina Panthers and the Packers also signed uh, guard and tackle Adam Pankey who they was an undrafted free agent. There was rumours that he was going to make the roster, sign him to the practice squad. They activated him. And then they also uh, brought guard Daryl Green onto the practice squad. And more surprisingly, or up there with the with the Gunther one, Ryan, was the release of defensive tackle Ricky Jean-Francois, who was just signed. I mean, did these take you by surprise? Or are you not bothered? Or how do you feel about them? Ricky Jean-Francois, I think, took me by surprise because he was kind of a big name free agent signing all right towards the end of his career but he was a big name um so he probably surprised me i'd still kind of like to know a bit more about that one um but i think the release of gunter uh, was probably one that you could have maybe predicted um we've obviously brought a lot of guys in there some other maybe less fancied guys have made a bit of a name for themselves in the secondary and so it's it's kind of a full house back there at the minute um and so I could kind of see him go. I think he's already been picked up, if I remember. Yeah, um, reading. Class, so, isn't it? yeah. So it wasn't going to take long because he is a good player. He's certainly somebody that contribute right away on 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 special teams for us for somebody. Um, and you know, he he could still be a player in this league. So, good luck to him, um, and I hope that works out with him uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, as for Adam Pankey, I'm not going to pretend to know a great deal on this guy, but obviously the Packers are making some uh, some sort of depth moves on the offensive line, and uh, it's not a bad place to have a bunch of versatile players, um, especially considering the sort of injuries at the moment. Bakhtiari apparently finished the game with a hamstring injury. Uh, Balaga has his issues. Um, Don Barkley's obviously out at the moment, so we need we need some people there. So it all kind of makes sense. Um, and only the fact that I, I would just want to know a bit more about Ricky Jean Francois and why that didn't work out. Yeah, victims of circumstance really, because if you look at the offensive line being banged up again, which is something we're used to in Green Bay, we've been quite lucky the last number of years. Um, we decided to injure our own offensive line by letting go the likes of Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, um, whereas now we're actually seeing legit injuries again. Which again, like people are coming out criticising the strength and conditioning coach. Like, come on, give me a break. I mean, you know, there's certain stuff to happen. These guys are in the toughest job. I don't know any offensive lineman who comes out of a season healthy, um, even out of a game healthy. They're all carrying knocks and injuries. You get rolled up on and some strange stuff happens. You're running backs rolling into you from behind about a million miles an hour and then you have a pylon going on. So, look, we will struggle on. It did cause Aaron to, to you know, run around the place a bit with Kyle Murphy giving up so many uh, pressures and sacks. But I think that's something that will be ironed out if they need to bring in some extra help. That's what they'll do. But we'll have weaker opponents and, you know, we'll get better matchups as the season go on because similarly, defensive lines will get just as banged up. Um, secondly, uh, then, Ryan, before we march on, I suppose, to get on to sort of looking ahead to that Atlanta game, some great news with some former Packers being nominated for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, big time um, at the minute. And obviously, our man Jerry Kramer is there for the senior guys, but we've seen the 
well, I don't know, because they're kind of still senior, but the rest of the guys be nominated this week. Yeah, I mean, there's some names on there, Ryan, and it's, you know, look, it's a list of nominees, um, and there, there's going to be 108, they call them modern era nominees for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and they have to whittle nice. that down. Um, so, who we see out of the former Packers are Leroy Butler, Donald Driver's on there, Mike Holmgren is in there as a head coach, and Sterling Sharp, who I put in ahead of James Lofton in the all-time um, team when we were doing it. So, you know, all of these players have so many accolades. Sharp has five Pro Bowls, three All-Pros, um, second in franchise history in receptions and receiving touchdowns, a dumper load of receiving yards. Uh, he led the NFL in receiving touchdowns twice uh, in his career, but then again in 94 got that bang in the neck. So he finished his playing career, you know, very early, which is great that he got the nomination. Leroy Butler, again, you know, we saw him, we were talking to so many guides and people over there and Leroy Butler was one of those people that A, we've had on the podcast, but B, people put up in the sort of Reggie White category of just natural-born leaders. So this is a guy, 181 regular season games um, over an 11-year stretch. First defensive back uh, in history to surpass 20 interceptions and 20 sacks in a career. And he finished with 38 and 20 and a half, respectively, according to Packers.com. A great article there by Wes Hodkowitz. Be sure to go on and read it. So out of all of those, Rhino, now again, we did have some people like Jeff Saturday who've touched with the Packers as a centre. Uh, he's on the list. But, you know, uh, Seth Joyner, uh, Keith Millard, yeah. uh, Sean Landetta. So they're all among the sort of other nominees that have ties with the Packers, according to this piece from Wes. Who are you excited about on that list, Rhino? And who do you think deserves definitely a, a shot at that uh, bust? Certainly, I think Leroy Butler uh, has to have a shout in there for me. Um, just you got to love the guy, his, his sort of attitude, his character. Uh, you know, first guy to do the Lambo leap, all of that stuff. Plus, as well, just being a, a fantastic football player. So I like him a lot. Um, you know, if we, if we look at the receivers, you said we got in there and probably looking at Sterling Sharp. Um, certainly, Jeff Saturday, nice mention, but probably not for his years in Green Bay. Uh, um, so, yeah, they're probably the guys. I would go with uh, for being the two. Um, also, I like obviously the the coach pick as well of having Holmgren in there because I think uh, you know anybody that could put up with Brett Favre for as many years as he did and, and sort of, but no, to, to also sort of just calm him down, focus him, and get him to be the quarterback he was did a did a fantastic job. So yeah, uh, I think those would be the three. If I had to pick three guys, those would be my three guys. Yeah, definitely go down as legend. Sterling Sharp again. I think you know if you extrapolate what his career could have been pre-injury, I just think he could have been one of the greatest ever. I mean, you're talking Jerry Rice, uh, and also honorable mention goes out to Clay Matthews Jr. So we've Clay Matthews Senior, which is Clay Matthews Granddad, Clay Matthews Junior, which is Clay Matthews Dad, and then Clay Matthews the Third. That's why he's called the Third. So he's up for a nomination as well. He's been nominated a couple of times, I think. So he mm-hmm. played for Cleveland and Atlanta, 19 seasons in the NFL. And if Pretty you look, cool. yeah, it's, it's amazing. And if you look at pictures, Ryan, of which I'm sure you have, um, of Clay Matthews the Second and the Third. He looks very mm-hmm. like his dad. It's gas. And he has, of course, his, his brother that plays, his sister, um, as well as, you know, quite prevalent on the NFL scene as well. Not playing, obviously, but she's very vocal and um, always supports the brothers. But come here, let's let's finish the podcast now. And this, uh, bear in mind, this has been a bumper podcast. I don't know anybody who's going to sit down and listen to it all in one. If you have a uh, kudos medal to you, let's look ahead to this Atlanta game. Uh, this is, again... Uh, it is really the run of death here you know you've the Seattle Seahawks to open the game a tough game massive rivalry big risk of injuries because of just how fraught the players are how much they like to go with handbags together and now you look at this Atlanta game so we're going to look for revenge here 
you know, Atlanta don't have the same coaching staff that they had. Arguably, that makes them weaker. As you alluded to a little bit earlier, they played the Bears and didn't do too well against Mike Lennon, who, you know, all tense and purposes has been in the league a couple of years, but has very little tape to actually go against. Uh, and they didn't look too fresh there. But he has the name of Matty Ice for a reason. And, he, you know, he can really put it on in times of pressure. And we got trounced last year by these guys. Do you see this yeah. as a proper revenge game, Ryan? Can we do the number on them? I, would, I wouldn't use the word revenge, but it's certainly a chance to prove that we've Im- improved, if that makes sense. Um, and it gives us an opportunity to do so. Coming off the coming off the strong win against the Seattle Seahawks as well, you would hope that the feeling in, in the group would be quite positive. Um, and again, like I say, this is a chance. Also added to that as well, a chance to go in and ruin the party. So as we said, they're opening up their their big flash new arena against the Green Bay Packers. Um, and so it'd be nice for us to go in there and play the uh, the spoiler and, and ruin it for them. Um, so there's plenty of reasons for us to get up. Um, now, if I look at last week's game, now, okay, we've, everybody's only played one game yet. They beat a Chicago Bears team. Um, and, and yeah, okay, the W is the only thing that matters. So they did beat them. I'll give them that. But they beat a Chicago's Bears team who really at quarterback, it's it's very up in the air. Okay, no, I'm not saying that Glennon's a bad quarterback because he actually, watching the highlights back on that game, he did some nice things. Um, they've got two very good running backs, Chicago, given that, in Howard and and the draft pick they, they signed uh, this year. Um, and then their defense, quite honestly, is not that great. And it did well to hold them for a long time to the points they had. Remember that sort of Atlanta have a number of different weapons they can use. Um, but I was kind of impressed by their defense for, for quite a stretch until, of course, they had uh, they just decided to stop covering the tight end, um, which was great for my fantasy team because I had Austin Hooper, uh, but not so much for Chicago. Um, so there was, there was one particularly sort of field-long play uh, where they just didn't pick him up at all, and he, and he ran the full length of the field. So they, they, oh, and as well, of course, Chicago did get down to about the five-yard line and had four attempts here, and somehow managed to balls that up. So they, they would, I would say, they just beat a very average Chicago Bears team. So is there anything in that? Not sure. Maybe like us, they had a bit of a, a bit of time getting going. Um, but certainly I feel this is a game we can go and win based on what we saw in, in the Seattle game. Again, everyone's going to focus on the fact that it's Aaron Rodgers versus Matty Ice. Uh, I agree with you that the Atlanta defense certainly looks far weaker than theirs based off one week, so it's very hard to extrapolate on one week. But, I mean, we did really well. Nick Perry playing on all cylinders, Blake Martinez, Mike Daniels, all did really well. I mean, our, our top you know, three of the five grades... Um, on pro football focus went to our defensive players which is telling uh, the fact that Howard now I know he's a force for Chicago they seem to stuff him early but then he cracked off some nice runs against the Falcons so I think that'll be an area to watch to see can we have some success with Ty Montgomery again you know it, it was difficult for him to get going against the Seahawks but again they're fantastic against the run their defense is much more stout than we'd expect the Atlanta Falcons to be uh, the one player that I'd worry about would be linebacker uh, Devondre Campbell you know he had an awful lot of purchase against the Bears uh, so he led the defensive unit according to pro football focus with five defensive stops and a pressure um, you know he's one to watch out for because if Aaron Rodgers was one of eight well then Devondre Campbell is surely going to try capitalise on that and they might try load the line on Kyle Murphy's side so he better be ready 
But one area of weakness for the Falcons is their offensive line. Now, obviously, Devontae Freeman's going to depend as a running back for the Falcons uh, to be able to get those running lanes, although he is very opportunistic. He's going to need some good offensive line play. Uh, but we've seen that uh, Wes Schweitzer, uh, who plays as guard, got picked on so much against the Bears, and he's, he gave up a sack, a hit, and a hurry and uh, a bunch of pressures he gave up more pressures alone than did the rest of the line so that's a potential soft spot that the Packers could go for so I think if they get a whole lot of pressure uh, on Matt Ryan he might make some dumb decisions and we really see our secondary come to light I think if they keep playing that nitro package maybe drop Morgan Burnett down as somewhat of a linebacker uh, and use the rest of the cornerbacks and safeties then uh, to play man coverage uh, well then we should be set because we don't have the same running threat that we had against Russell Wilson I mean last year I think Russell Wilson was the top I think he was in the top five in, in rushing uh, for all quarterbacks so he's quite mobile and when, you, when you're playing that man coverage, like you said, if you don't have a spy in the quarterback, well, then they can get out. Matt Ryan, and again, I know that the line, and the minute you say people are like, oh, he's deceptively, you know, this, like, no, he's not deceptively uh, fast, and he's going to run around. This is a guy, big, tall stretch, can make every throw in the book. Uh, so we're going to look to contain him, obviously keep him in there, put the pressure on and make him scramble out and see what he does. Um, I think with that nitro package, I think we have uh, some of those cornerback safeties are going to be able to get downhill fast and get to him. And we just need to shore up the run because that's where they're very dangerous. And you can count out Julio Jones. He embarrassed us last year. But, you know, if you look at the, the play of Gunter, I believe was on him um, last year and he got smoked. We don't have Gunter now. We have Devon House, who's well capable of playing man. Um, it's a lot to be said as well, Ryan. For the Seahawks game, we got away with a lot of questionable calls. And whether we'll be that lucky again on week two, uh, let's hope so. Because, you know, we need to get our hands on Julio Jones and some of these, um, you know, Sanu. We need to get our hands on him nice and early, restrict his space, play tight man coverage and try snuff this out. And if our offense can dominate against the Atlanta defense, which is possible based on the scoring that we saw um, with the Bears... Well, then I think we stand a good shot. The only thing that I will say is a caveat. Defences tend to play more in the preseason. So the defence that we saw uh, is more close to hopefully what we'll do for the rest of the season. And also the Atlanta. That's where you'll find that defences almost outplay the offences early in the season until the offences get into rhythm. Similarly, the Falcons didn't look in rhythm at all. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan looked a bit off against the Bears. But like you said, I mean, do you rate home field advantage? The fact that they're going to be in their home stadium here as well. Like, if you were to call it, Ryan, is it a close game against the Falcons, or do you think that we'll actually go out and make this our statement game to say, we have arrived, there's going to be no run on the table late, we're here for a 16-zip and zip season? I think we're certainly here for a big season. There'll be no leaving it till last minute. But this is a game where, let's face it, we're not the favourites, I would just say, because Atlanta did what they did last year, and they are the home team in the new stadium, all the rest of it. Mm. So if we're going to go in there and win, we're going to go in and win in there tough. Um, but I do think it is a game we can win. And um, I don't know, I kind of get the feel that it could be sort of on, on almost one play. You know, it could be just a field goal. It could be just one touchdown, you know, a defensive touchdown, something like that. It's going to be something very tight. Um, and it's going to be a, a moment of brilliance. And like you said, one, one of the keys could be our, our pass rush and, and the pressure that we can get on the quarterback. 
Uh, it'll be interesting. And again, this this is a really odd podcast in the sense that we're doing our tour wrap up, we're doing our post review and our pre review all in the one podcast. So I guess we'll we'll cut this short. I do think that we're going to go in and get the win in Atlanta. I think the game is one of those things that it probably could be an awful lot more dominant than we make it out to be in the end and it'll be a close game. But I certainly do think that we have the Falcons number. I thought we had it last year as well, which might seem stupid enough. But we did have the water boy in playing a cornerback and so uh, along with the postman so <laughs> sure makes a difference yeah um but now that we're healthy i think you know we'll really stick it to them so it, everyone else is just new listening to the podcast welcome uh welcome and thanks for making it to the end so what we'd usually do is is that we have our pre-review podcast before the game that comes over friday and then we'll have our post game review which depending on where the game actually falls and um, so if it's a sunday night game it will be monday night um is that we'll be recording the podcast for a release on tuesday if it's a thursday night game well then we'll have our uh, podcast then probably on the sunday leading into monday which will be a post review game as well and our pre-review uh, probably won't happen and we'll decide to do something else there so it's a bit of a fluid liquid situation uh, thanks everybody for joining us so we'll cut it there uh, from myself at NFL on Twitter from the group at UK Packers from my old buddy my old pal at Ryan Peacock NFL it's goodbye for this week nice <laughs>